Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Up Your Confidence podcast. This will be a podcast conversation for and by women to equip, empower, and elevate us to up your confidence every day to live our God-given potential. And now, here is your host. Welcome to the Up Your Confidence podcast. I'm excited today for another conversation, another episode. Um, Today, my guest is uh, Nancy Bateman, and uh, I'm excited to have Nancy here for this uh, episode. And um, I would like to go ahead and read uh, you Nancy bio. You know, Nancy is a long retire from dual career in geo physics and telecom engineering. She has a bachelor in mathematics and a master of science in telecom engineering from SMU in Dallas. Now she put her other professional time and talent to work as a volunteer for nonprofits, including as a grant writer, as a grant writer with the Deaf Action Center of Dallas, serving on nonprofit board, leading the grief program at church, 30 years active leadership with Toastmaster and over the past 10 years has built a creative outlet and businesses as a fused glass artist with the Wild Valley Studio. Nancy become enchanted with glass after commissioning a large window with Diane Chase. Chase is a Dallas glass artist who has created enormous fused glass masterpiece for churches, businesses, and private residents all over the country. Nancy has also studied with Diane Flynn at the Creative Arts Center of Dallas, Texas, Morgan Doty, and Justin Stiltad at Bullseye Glass in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Martha and a series of master classes with fused glass luminaries such as Ted Sawyer from uh, Tim Carey from California, Narcissus from uh, Narcissus from Mexico. Wow. Nancy Wismicol and colorful creation are in home and office around the world. Her art is both fun and functional and win ribbon at the State Fair of Texas. She has been featured at the Texas Visual Artist Association Gallery in downtown Dallas and the 2020 Gallery in Frisco. She has major installation currently being curated at the Modern Country Gallery in Winsboro, Texas, which opened at the end of the month. I'm excited to have Nancy Bateman on the Up Your Confidence podcast. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you, Lizette. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. I know this has been in the plan for so long, so I'm excited that we finally find time. But one of the things that I love to introduce people is always share how did I meet my guests, you know, because I only bring special guests, you know. So I I try to recall the first time I met Nancy was in 2007 at Nortel, you know, and I think I was entering the corporate world and Nancy was probably exiting a couple of years later, but we met through Toastmaster at Nortel and we've been connected since then. And it's, you have been an extremely blessing in my life and I'm so grateful to have you here. So I love to always share how I meet people, but Today, I invite Nancy because I know that Nancy has been in retirement for, for long. You can tell us a little bit more about that. But uh, how is your retirement going? Oh, it's fabulous. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I love it. No, I was when I was reading your bio, I was like, oh, my God, Nancy is only talking about her retirement. She's not even telling us all the great work that you have done, you know, in your, you know, in your uh, fruitful career. But let's talk about a little bit, you know, let's go back before retirement. You know, what did you do in your career and how long was your career, your professional career? Okay, so my my first big job out of college was in oil and gas. And I worked as a geophysical programmer for about 15 years. And then as oil and gas kind of went in a spiral down, I took a master's degree in telecom engineering and moved into the telecom world to be intentionally to be a programmer there. But I ended up in systems engineering instead and then was pulled from that and put in a leadership role reporting directly to vice presidents for special projects. So 
that was also about 15 years. And I actually exited in 2003, I think. Oh, okay. No, 2006. So I was out. I was out by the time you and I met. Okay. Yeah. 2006. Okay. But I was still able to attend the Toastmasters program on the Nortel campus. So that was, that was a a nice continuity point for me. Cool. This is lovely. Yeah. I didn't even, I think I knew that, but I didn't know like the exact time. So you had like 15 years. Was it intentional? you know, like the 15 and the 15, or was it no, just, it's just, that's just kind of how life works <laughs> okay. in a good way, in a good way. So, yeah. so you pretty much had like two different career, one as a, in the oil and gas and the other one in the telecom. So, and oil and gas, because we were in Texas, that's what was happening then. But then why did you go from oil and gas into telecom? I'm just curious. Well, interestingly, many of the same mathematical principles apply between the two. So it was a pretty easy move from one type of signal processing to another type of signal processing. Yeah, yeah. I have I have so many questions to ask you about your 30 years career, but that's not a <laughs> podcast for it. So we're going to talk. But then I want to talk about like, how did you plan for your retirement when you are not in like your last 15 years, right? What how did you decide that it was time to retire? Well, there were several things in play. One, the company was going through some tough times. So everybody started thinking about what their next step would be. But most importantly, probably eight years before that, I put together a group of people and we subscribed to a retirement newsletter called The Motley Fool. And we spent, we'd get one of those a month. Mm -hmm. It was paper copy. We'd, We'd get one a month. We'd read it. We'd discuss it. We'd discuss how it worked with the information we were getting, how that worked with what we were doing in our savings and retirement plans. And it was eye-opening in many cases because not only did they talk about your pension and if you had one, I mean, most companies don't offer pension anymore. Right. They talked about the pension, the social security and your private savings and ways to manage those things. We, the the first fellow and I that put this together would invite other people in and we slowly had a small group that would have pretty good and engaging discussion every month. And we learned just so much that allowed me to realize where I was in my savings and with my husband and that I could escape corporate world if I needed to. So two things that I just learned that I need to continue (laughs) my uh, subscription with Motley Fool because I don't know I've been a subscriber for so long you know but uh, I don't even read the content anymore so I need to like maybe go back or find something like that but that's a good uh, you know uh, a good idea so, so they have they have several subscription options and oh. this one was called rule your retirement rule your retirement as opposed to investment management it was called rule your retirement i highly recommend that for at least a year because they're gonna over a year they're gonna cover the fundamentals across each piece yes so that gave you a lot of confidence into like maybe i can do this and yes we can and then you you started the plan so and so while so that was the financial part, let's make sure that we're ready for it. And Nortel was also going through a lot of uh, turbulence time. So it was like, yeah, maybe there should be an exit. But beside that, you know, because I mean, when we look now, 17 or even 18 years later, literally like 18 years later, <laughs> I see that you are like flourishing. So what was your plan, like plan of things to do? Because maybe you got the financial plan created somehow on paper, but then what was your like activity activity plan? Like, what were you going to do? Because you were like a, an engineer in leadership role. So what was your plan from there? Right. That was a, that's a really good question because I didn't have as good a plan as I thought I did. My plan was to take my knowledge from the working world and apply that in nonprofit settings. That was not seamless because people didn't know who I was or what I could bring to the table. And it took a while for me to find a path into service in the nonprofit world. I was lucky enough to be involved with a couple of organizations, environmental organizations who needed someone to do project lead work. And that gave me a foothold. And with that on my resume, it was easier to get into nonprofits. 
So, so the- why not profit though? You know, were you already doing something with nonprofit prior? I was raised in a family where you did service. Okay. And volunteering and service with whatever skills you bring to the table was an essential part of life. Both of my parents were were great volunteers. They were both teachers in their in their world. My mother then became an executive director of the Y and had a business career in that regard, but they were both routinely and intentionally giving service. And you know when you when you volunteer for something, you put a different part of your heart in it than when you're at work. Right. And volunteering and nonprofits on boards or as a grant writer just makes it, to me, it's just a little more delicious way to, to offer services. I love the deliciousness of it. <laughs> so, so you, you were a full-time employee. And then you start doing the the working with the nonprofit. Did you go into it as a full time as well, or was he part time kind of a gig? No, just just for fun, a gig gig work. Because mostly, what I found was nonprofits needed two things. They needed help with the general governance in the office. They didn't get the same training that you and I got in the technology world, where you had organizations, you had PLM, you had project management, you had ways to measure and routine meetings to tell where the projects were. So just helping them understand that these were opportunities within their staff to have a monthly meeting or a weekly meeting and just touch base with everybody was a huge thing for them. And grant writing, well, that was a whole new world, but I did a lot of proposal writing in Nortel. So that was an easy transition right there. It's fundamentally the same. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? What's it going to cost? Where's the money? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like because uh, I want our listener to like pay attention here. So it sounds like that's what we call transferable skills. You know, it's almost like when you have a one job. Because I do coach people for career coaching, and it's like somebody used to be a teacher, and now they want to be they want to go in tech, right? So usually when I'm talking to them, I'm like, let's talk about your skill set as a teacher and how you can transfer it. So it sounds like it's the same thing. Your exactly. skill set that you had as a leader in a tech space or engineering, you were just packaging that and then helping the nonprofit, but not in, in a huge way where you like working on nine to five every day, but then trying to help as much as possible right. and make it more fulfilling for you. Right. So, and and not taking the work away from them. I mean, the I can't do the work. Uh, the agency that I do the most work with is called the Deaf Action Center. It is led by people who are deaf. So I have to have an interpreter when I'm working with them. And the opportunity there is huge because people who are deaf often cannot speak and therefore are rarely, literally rarely heard. And being able to write on their behalf has been, uh, it's just to me, it's just heart filling because they're a powerful group with a wonderful mission. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely the service, you know, piece that you have drove you into those direction. Now let's come back and talk about the art. How did you discover the, the art part? Because the nonprofit, I I think I, I remember that was, I felt like that was a natural progression for you. Could you know, especially knowing you from Toastmaster and having the leadership skill and the servant leader uh, in you. But then the art, what happened? How did we stumble into that? Was it a stumbling situation? Well, it was kind of a stumbling situation. <laughs> I had taken art classes at the community college here for, well, many different classes, mostly in painting, oil painting, and watercolors. And try as I might, I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> Although when I look back now, I go, I wasn't that bad at it. It's really interesting how critical we are of ourselves when we're trying right. to learn something. And of course, the teachers are much better than we are because they're the teacher and they know those things. But I got into the fused glass because I commissioned a work. And when that I, when I got that hung here, it was a big window over my front door. And I had been posting on Facebook as the pro, as the, the whole activity progressed. And then I had a party for it. 
Now the window over a door is called a transom window. So I had the handsome transom hanging party and just nice. had an open house on a Sunday after church where people could come and go for a couple hours. And I had the artist give a talk about what fused glass was because it's different than stained glass. In fused glass, you put the glass together, you put it in a kiln, you bring the heat up much as you do with ceramics, not quite as hot as ceramics. And then it melts together and creates a whole beautiful picture. Why? So she gave these talks. I was hoping to get her another commission. Nobody nibbled. But at the very last talk, one of my friends said, do you teach? And I was like, oh, my God, in that split second between her question and the artist's oh. answer, my head went, of course she teaches. She's got a big table with four chairs. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I'm, my head's just going crazy. And she says, yes, I, I could take four students. And four hands went up in the room right away. So nice. November of 2014, four of us started taking classes. And three of us continued in this art form. So that is when it started. It was not even your idea. <laughs> and I didn't even know what fused glass was <laughs> four months before that <laughs> wow but you were curious you know and uh I know I want to talk more about your art but there's a question that I was like really in my heart you know because I see that you are super passionate about it I've seen you you know have a a speech on it in Toastmaster Club and show us your different pieces. You know, I still love my little gift that I got, you know, and all the color, it's on my nightstand. I love to see it, you know, it's like a ritual for me, especially the little heart. So I love it and I can see your passion through it. And now that you've had it, you've been doing it for almost a decade, right? So because you said 2014, so almost a decade that you've been doing the, 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 the fuse art. Because, I mean, two questions in my mind. Why art? Were you even an artist before? Were you interested in art in the past, like before the whole engineering? Well, I was always creative, but I was more creative with writing than I was with tactile art. And that is because as a child, I was told, you're not that good. Mm, now, okay. as a child, that is a parent. painful message. And as a, you know, as women, we hear that regularly, right? You're not that good. But oh, my Lord, we are that good. We're yes. beyond that good. And as my mother used to say, thankfully, we're all, most of us are like Ginger Rogers. We can dance the same dance <laughs> just as fast, backwards and in high heels. Love it. Love it. Because I was thinking before the episode, I was like, where did the art come from? Because I'm sure it did not came, you know, 17 years ago. It was, you know, it was a little gem, you know, in you. And then it just blossomed at the right moment when you were able to take the class and maybe have yeah. the calmness to learn it and then just get better at it. I mean, you've been doing it for a decade, so you you get better with each pieces, right? And get right. more creative. right. So in, in oil and gas, I was in computer graphics oh. and working. I mean, this was long before the, all the tools that we have now. So it was, it was mechanical and you had to mm. figure out mathematically how to make something column wise or how to draw lines. And it was quite, quite an interesting way to implement art without having to take up a, a pencil and a piece of paper and draw right. something. Yeah. So there's, there's a correlation. There's a correlation because I want people that listen to just think about your story and think about how they can connect the dot. You know, maybe not, but maybe there's always a way if you want to do an exercise with yourself and determine, you know, what is that thing that might be interesting to you and maybe take a chance on yourself on a new thing because I feel like your art experience, you know, I mean, you can tell us a lot more, right? We Now you have a stu your studio, you have things, and although you have like a 30-year career in, in engineering, I feel like your art is just blossoming, you know? And what are the perspectives for you and what drive you to continue? Is that the fact that is not too stressful and you just enjoyed so much? What is driving you to continue? Well, I would say it's probably three things. One, 
it's a heck of a lot of fun. Okay. And two, when I'm working in the studio, everything else goes away. So I know that is where I need to be. Everything else goes away. Time just is immaterial. And sometimes when my studio mate and I are out there working, the sun will go down. And we'll be like, oh, my gosh, we got to go home and make dinner <laughs> because it's been so much fun. The most important thing is there's always more to learn. Mm -hmm. So I take classes and with COVID that kind of got halted. But interestingly, even a, a very physical process can be translated to something on Zoom. So I've taken classes from Tim Carey, who is a, a fascinating fused glass artist. Narcissus Quagliata of Mexico is a world-renowned glass artist. And it's just astonishing what can be taught over Zoom. Now, one of the things that that happens is you have to spend money to learn. Yes. And this is where having your retirement savings <laughs> right. really helps. Yeah. So the third thing is, oh my gosh, it is so fun to create things like you're like the little heart I gave you, little things that you can yes. give to somebody. I usually have one in my on my person, in the pocket or in my purse. And if I see somebody having a crummy day, mm, I will offer them nice. this. And it's astonishing the change in just, you know, from grumpy to, oh, I know. For, for me? Yes, for me. <laughs> and completely changes. Yeah. I love mine. It's in front of my mirror. And then I just look at it when I'm doing my little affirmation. I love it. It's, it's beautiful. But I took note, you know, so try to think, find, find something that make give you, you having fun. You know, and you don't see the time go by. I hear a lot of people say that. I mean, that's what we call passion, really. You know, mm -hmm. not the ability, not able to see times go by and ability to continuously learn. So let's talk a little bit about learning, because I feel like in your half time, you know, and pe as people age beautifully as you are, learning is important for your brain, right? And so you have some tricks in your bag that I want you to share with our audience. You know, what do you do to keep yourself, you know, continuously improving and learning? So this is uh, about self-confidence and- No, not yet. Okay. No, this is really about like, what do you do to learn? Because I, I know that you, you probably read book, you know, you take your classes, but it looks like you do some brain activity. Oh, brain exercise, I think you mentioned. So this is, uh, well, yes. Since my first art was in words and language, I love words. And reading is important. I love to read many different things, although I mostly like to read technical books on art right now. <laughs> no surprise. Uh, not so excited about reading the news, but I do read the news. And I love word puzzles. So I have a lot of fun with, with that. So I also know, because I took no spelling bee. What about the spelling bee? What do, oh, what is, yeah. What? So so the New York Times, you've heard of, of Wordle. Yeah, I've heard. I, I, I've never so Wordle, tried. Yeah. Well, Wordle is a, they give you seven characters, seven letters, and it's based on Scrabble. So you have seven letters and you're supposed to make, oh, you have and you have five letters in Wordle, and you're supposed to make a word. So there are others. Spelling bee is like Scrabble. It has seven letters, and you have to make as many words as possible. Ooh, and they have a they have their own list of words. And if you get all their words, you you become uh, you get a little affirmation, nice or great or amazing. And if you get enough, you become genius. <laughs> Those are just good things for more you. fun than being told you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So what is a typical day of yours look like? Because uh, your art, it sounds like you can be in your studio for the longest time. So do you feel like it's consuming your day? Is that enough for you? Or how does that work? I, I never get enough time in the studio. <laughs> so my day starts between six and seven. I'm up and and uh, limbered up and ready. I go for a five mile walk with my neighbor between seven and 8.30. We, we really step out and have a good time. 
And then I come back and I do more reading and get my day set up. If I've got responsibilities that need to be taken care of, that quiet time in the morning is really helpful for me. And then I spend most of the afternoon in the studio, typically, four or five days a week. Uh, try, try not to interrupt that time because I love that time. But it's it doesn't really matter as long as I get some time there. And because it's a, a thinking process, a building process, a putting in the kiln and cooking process, and then you have to clean up and adjust it and maybe put it in the kiln again, there's many things to do that just going by for half an hour can help. Yeah. So do you plan the day where you have to build the day you have to do different process or you can do all in one day? Probably not. Well, if the kiln's busy, that's the only thing that can happen that in that regard in that day. So we have projects in many states of presentation, things we're thinking about. Like I've got a big commission that I need to get going on that I'm still in the thinking mode and the person wants it delivered. And it's like, mm, I haven't quite thought it all through yet. And a lot of things in life are that way, right? You have right. to think about it. And yes. finally you get the, the fulcrum tips and now, then you've got the energy and the knowledge to do it. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So what would you say, let's go back to like the planning in your retirement. Cause I, I love your story. What would you tell somebody that is uh, my age, you know, not thinking about retirement right now, probably need another 10 years or so before I start really thinking about it. What would you say, you know, like two or three things that they should start thinking about, you know, at, you know, you, we talk about the monthly one, but like, how do you start prepping yourself for, for, for such things? Well, the most important thing is to have an idea of, of what it will take to be retired. And I, I really think focusing on the money is uh, very important. So you need to fully understand where your money will come from and how that will work for you. Now, I would like to talk to people when they're in their 20s rather than your age, because that's when you have to start saving. Right. And put as much as you can that your employer will match into that plan. Save as much as you can anywhere else. And then cross your fingers that you're wisely investing it. Yes. And then you will have probably have enough money at the end when you're ready to retire. And if you're lucky and you inherit some money or find monies elsewhere, you know, marry into it. I, I love, I love a lot that. of people don't have that liberty of marrying into some money or marrying someone who can also bring money into the program, right? Yeah, I love the finding the money some other way. <laughs> Yeah. Don't spend a lot on lottery tickets. <laughs> Let's quantify, exactly. Let's quantify that a little bit so that yeah. people are not confused. But I, I love that answer. So for you, I feel like you you are super keen into like make sure that the financial pieces are is pre pre planned for ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like which is crucial and I appreciate that a lot. But I feel like in this economy. Young people don't even want to think about that. You know, they just want to live their life. They call it live the best life as much as possible. Young people don't even want to have a career anymore. You know, they don't even want to be in a company like how you had the opportunity to be in Nortel for 15 years, right? So part of it is the problem of the people, but it's part of the problem of the system, right? Because we talk about how most companies don't even have a pension anymore. Most companies that have retirement, the kids are not even doing it, you know, or not even doing the matching. So are you concerned? For, Am I concerned? For I, my uh, generation or for yeah. that generation? Like, how are they going to Well, retire? I am. I, I have uh, no children of my own, but two nieces and two nephews. And one of them is doing very well and is excellent at saving his money. The other three, I'm quite concerned about. Because one, they don't make a lot of money. And two, I know they don't save money. So that's going to be a big surprise at the end when all they have is hopefully some social security. There are, there are so many ways to, 
to do the things you want to do in your retirement, whether it's travel or art or which are both things I like to do. Um, <laughs> but the the fact is you can't do it if you haven't planned ahead for it. And you're right. Young people. I mean, I, that wasn't top of my mind when I was in my 20s. But my mother, when the when the IRAs came out, which was way back when I was in my 20s, nobody had IRAs before. Oh, so IRA is not like a 100-year-old thing. Okay, that's good to know. No, So IRA came out while you were in your 20s. Mm -hmm. Okay. So so that's like um, 45 years ago. She said, there is is no uh, way you're not doing this. (laughs) You have to do this. And she was really savvy. I mean, she raised a family on a very small salary that my father made as a college teacher. And she knew a lot about money. She managed all the money in the household. So I did that. My brothers didn't do that. So knowledge is power. And usually what I've learned is it's not really about how much you make, but it's really about how you, you know, save and how you invest what you have, you know? So, so, so that, so that's crucial because people always say, you know, I'm not making enough money, but it's usually like, how much are you doing already from the little that you have? And then what are you, what are you wasting it on? Yeah. If, if, well, because that's what most of us do. We, we mindlessly spend on coffee if you're yeah. buying a five dollar coffee, five days a week, that's twenty five dollars. That's a hundred dollars a month. And you multiply by the number of years, then it yeah. becomes like yeah, yeah, that's the scary part. So there's yeah, a lot eating out, lots of things that if you just <clears throat> cut back a little on those, you've got money you can put into your the third phase of your life. So you've got the educational phase, you've got the working phase, and then you've got the phase where you get to spend and enjoy. So what would you say is your secret to finding a joy in retirement? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, I never have had problem finding joy. So that's one oh, good. Thing. Yeah. So you already, that was like built in, as we call it in engineering, right? It's like built in already. You always find joy. But then what is your secret? Maybe that's what you need to share. Like, because one of the things that I was trying to figure out from you is um, all these things that you're interested in, were you like that in your corporate world, life already? You know, did you have that much flexibility creativity enjoyment already what because i mean we've with my generation people are like i mean i have not been to an art studio ever in my life i don't even know if i can have the patience to sit in an art class right so maybe that's it was was those already thing that you were already passionate about or keen to or just leisurely enjoying life as a as a professional well, I've always had outlets, uh, either physical or artistic, not in necessarily creating. I mean, because I was told I wasn't an artist when I was little, I decided, okay, I'll buy art. <laughs> Let other <laughs> people like create it. it. That's fine. Like this picture behind me, I bought that. I, I didn't create that. Right. But the 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 real, the ability to find joy is a choice right you can find joy in the sunshine you can find joy in oh my gosh we're having a a new meal tonight or we get to see friends we get to go on a trip there's joy in in everyday things right yeah i i think i think that's always been a part of me just to find the fun Find the fun because I think I th- that's a great way to see it. And I think there's a nugget for people to grab here that because what's happening is I feel like as young adults, we try to attach ourselves too much to our work, you know, and then to our career, to like the goal, the KPI, the objective, you know, we attach ourselves to the process and then because even full transparency, my parent, I see them struggling in retirement or even to retire, you know, or not even plan on what they're going to do when they retire. And I think I have that conversation with you before. I've always been one like, what are you going to do when you retire? Like, I'm looking forward to, because I feel like if you have a good plan in your retirement, it gives you longevity too, right? 
So what is the thing? I feel like people are attached to the KPI to their work instead of finding joy already now. Well, that sounds like a really deep, long philosophical discussion <laughs> that we'd have to have with perhaps some more professionals here. <laughs> but the it is important to have other kinds of hobbies and outlets. And that's the number one failure for most men in leadership roles at work is they don't have anything else to do. And they just falter when they retire or are forced to retire even worse because then they've been told that they're not needed anymore. Mm. And that probably happens with women too, but women are usually so adaptable because we have to run households. And if you've got children, you've got all that to manage and navigate a relationship. There's a lot, there's a lot going on in women's lives. (laughs) Yes. I think that's a good, that's a good way to put it because it gives the, the key is like find joy now, find joy every day and get into a habit of finding joy and don't get attached to your day to day. That way, when you transition, you can continuously try to find joy. Because one of the things that I like to do when I interview people, I like to ask them what they do for fun, you know, outside of work. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a big way to determine, you know, because I want them to be a well-rounded human being, right? Like, oh, I like to do makeup. You know, one of my uh, co-workers love to do makeup on weekend, you know. So, and then when they start talking about it, they light up, right? They talk about like, when I talk about my nonprofit or even this podcast, I light up because these things, these are things that I enjoy to do. I start of work. So I, I, I feel like that's a good way to, 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 to start to start while you're still a professional. All right. I still yeah. have. And it's really important to realize that many things can bring you joy. It could be going for a morning walk. It could be participating in a bowling league. It doesn't matter what it is. Seek it out and be open to trying new things. We took a square dancing class one time. What is a square it was, dancing? It's a, it's a type of dancing here. It's like, have you heard of the polka? I think I've seen it. So square dancing is eight people in a square to oh. on each side and someone calls out things for you to do. So they they're telling you what what kind of dance steps you're going to do and you work Got in it. a square and it moves around. So it's an it's an art form because you have to listen you have to make your body do what that person's asking you to do. You have to coordinate with yes. seven other people and you're in a room full of these squares and neither of us was very good. Yeah, I, I, just I'm so, already, I'm already can't so funny, out. but we had so much fun the first time we did it. We took the lessons again with an, another couple, brought another couple in and had fun learning all over again with them and then brought a third couple in. Wow. It is just fun. I mean, you're, you're learning something and learning anything heightens your level of yep. confidence and heightens your sense of self. Yep. Totally. Totally. Another question that I had, you talk about movement. Was those something that you were doing while you were professional? Like just, cause I mean, you say you walk like uh, uh four to five mile a day. Was that something that you were doing before? I did not walk that much. I didn't have the time to walk that much then. I was more of a weekend warrior with some occasional evening activity at the gym. Yeah. And in my first career, I also raced sailboats at the same time. So when I was in the oil industry, I was racing sailboats. And that, um, I guess my last nationals was in 91 after I'd started working at Nortel. Awesome. So that so you were physical. You you like always to been always been goal. athletic. Always been athletic and physical. Yeah, yeah. makes yeah. sense. So that just makes sense. That something that you should continue in 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 retirement. Awesome. Yeah. This is fun. It is. My favorite question that we like to ask our guests. You know, what do you do to up your confidence? This is my favorite question to ask all the guests. So, what do you do? You know, what are your confidence habits? What do your your day look like to up your confidence every day? So, to up my confidence every day, it starts yesterday. Mm. And each day as I close it, I prepare for the following time I'm going to do whatever it is I'm doing. And especially in the art studio, I get everything set up for the next process, whether it's a building process or a cleaning process, doesn't matter. So that when I walk in, 
I'm ready to go and I don't have to move things around and tidy things up. I even sweep the floor. I mean, if you walk into a beautiful place, ready to go to work, it's so much more fun and easy to do. And you don't have to think, you know, where was I? Where did I leave this? It's all laid out. It's the same thing many of us do in our kitchen when we're about to prepare a meal. You get everything set up. You may measure your ingredients and set them out. And then you put your bread or your cake or your meal together. Same concept. So once things are decluttered and set up, I feel good about leaving. And then I feel good about coming back. In the mornings when I get up and go after I've gone for my walk, I I like to work on the wordle and quartle, which is four words at a time, and the spelling bee. And as I mentioned earlier, spelling bee gives you these little affirmations when you get a number of words that they say, nice, or amazing, or great, or genius. Genius is my favorite one. Yeah, and it's just so much fun. And on some days, I can't get enough words to get to genius. And then I have to ask, I have to bring in my husband to help out. (laughs) Because we don't want to look them up. We want to use our brains to make it work. And together, it's a really fun collaboration process then. And we're sitting across the room yelling, I got one. (laughs) And together, we're genius. And there are few things better than being genius with somebody else at the same time. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, uh, it's just finding little ways to make yourself feel better. That's a fun way for me because I love words and I like spelling. He, he, like my husband likes to tease me that this is my mutant skill. So there's a a game called bananagrams where you have little letter tiles and you make words. And uh, I love that one too. The other thing is the last thing we do every day is we read the comics out of the newspaper. There are few things more pleasant than going to bed at night chuckling because you've read fun and funny things. That is interesting. Yeah. So don't read something dark and heavy. Don't take your technical books to bed. Read something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Read something light and funny and just go to bed with a smile on your face. You'll wake up so much happier in the morning. Wow. I love that one. I, I mean, I love the whole process, but the, the end, because I can, I can relate because I, I love comedy a lot, a lot. I was just telling somebody two days ago, like every Sunday night, I go on Netflix and try to find like the latest comedy show that I can watch or movie comic. I love comedy because I feel like, you know, laughter is the best medicine they say right but then if you can add a daily dose of it that is yeah. like yeah that is a shot of uh, a good shot of something yeah. positive that's great and, so and laughing and laughing at the end of the day is just a wonderful way to set your sights on relaxing and enjoying and moving into the sleep zone <laughs> yeah move into the sleep zone yeah that 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 is great thank you for sharing this is this you know I love this question when I ask my guests because I have no idea what they're gonna be you know and I always learn something quirky something deciding something different but that's the thing about confidence right because it's personal to us we have to adapt to it you know and then we have to be creative about it which totally you you and your husband are creative that's a creative way the way you start your day the way you and I also can relate to the setup you know in my office before I leave literally even if I have to leave in rush I come back at night before I go to bed and you know I'm a checker I like to check everything so I you know check everything and make a new list for tomorrow so that Perfect. when I wake up, there's a new list waiting for me. And then I check it again. So I might have a little HDH just rechecking thing. But I like it to leave everything. Even when I'm going on vacation, I do that too. I make my list of things that I want to talk about when I come back. So mm-hmm. it's a good habit. So I can totally relate. I didn't know that that was a confidence habit. But I, it's something that I do to just make myself organized and be less stressed out about, you know, anything else. Anything you can do to remove stress is a confidence builder. I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a good point. I agree. Lovely. This is exciting. 
thank you so much, Nancy. You know, uh, give us more information uh, how people can follow you, maybe on social media or where do you gonna have your art exposed exposition happening soon? You know, give us some information about that. The gallery show in Winsboro, Texas opens on June 17th. It's called the Modern Country Gallery. And I can give you that information to put with the post if you'd like. Yes. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. So I, I don't yeah. have, yeah, I don't have a website or anything yet, but people can find me on Facebook. Yep. I, I, I'll I share your Facebook and uh, I know that you do post a little bit about some of your, uh, so when are you going to get to a point where you're going to start teaching? Fuse glass. Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> that, that's like the next. I'm I'm asking you the same question that the lady asked, right? <laughs> yeah. I am not in a situation where I can do teaching and as in classes in our studio, but I do welcome people one at a time to come in and experience this because it is a very different kind of art form and it's not one that's well known. So a lot of people will see things like they'll see things like this and they'll think it's ceramic, but it's glass. Mm, right. And, and once they learn what it looks like and what it feels like, here's another piece. This yeah, one's a little is. more, more obviously glass. Yes. yes. Because it's got transparency and translucency. Right. But the one at a time I can handle one person because <laughs> it's not that big a studio. But there are places people can take the classes afterwards if they are inspired and want to go do that. So when am I going to teach? Never in a big way. Because okay. that part of my but life. But you don't gone. know. You don't know. That <laughs> part of my life's gone. Now I'm happy to help. There's other people I know who do teach. And I'm happy to go and, and be part of their program and be the extra hands and eyes that they need. So when you do an uh, art exposition, does people get a chance to buy those uh, pieces? Okay. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, in a gallery, the art is usually for sale. In a museum, not for sale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's the difference. Yeah. Right. For those of us that are like very novice. Uh, so in a gallery, there's a price and you can actually purchase it. But in a Correct. museum, it's just for 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 show. For show. For, for you to see and experience yeah. the art. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I've learned a lot. I'm sure we've learned a lot about, you know, your career, getting into retirement. Definitely the financial piece is extremely important so you can have peace and joy. You know, you can find peace and joy everywhere. But, you know, you have uh, the latitude to actually do things that you enjoy and have pleasure into it. So um, I really enjoy the experience. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast and uh, I cannot wait to talk to you very soon. All right. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you, Lizette. We've explored some new things too. It was fun to have the discussion. And I just want to leave you with one thought. And that is when you're looking at something new, if it both excites you and scares you, it's probably the right thing to do. Oh, this is good. Because it means you are right at the edge of a growth opportunity. And, and that's where you have to be to learn. So whether it's learning something new at work or learning something new about planning for your retirement or learning something new art or health-wise, if it excites you and scares you, probably lean into that. Lean into that. That's the best way to end today's podcast. You know, if it's exciting and it's also a little bit scary, mm -hmm. that is where you need to be. This is good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nancy, for your for your nugget. And uh, uh, stay tuned, people. Thank you so much. of individual ever achieves 80% of the potential. Did you know that only 20% of individual ever achieves 80% of the potential? When I read that, I was shocked. But this reality, when you start paying attention. With my program, Focus to Mastery, that I started in 2016, I have consistently, successfully have women participate 
and they mostly have completed their goal on average about 80%. So there's a solution and there's a system to accomplish your goal. I'm thrilled to bring back my coaching and accountability program called Focus to Mastery this year. Only few women will be admitted. Do you have a goal this year? Do you need to achieve your wild goal, wildest goal? Do you need to crush your VIP goal? How is your goal going so far this year? This is the program for you. This is a coaching program that helps women achieve their personal and professional goal. I help you determine your why and equip you on how to achieve your what. That is your most valuable, important, personal and professional goal in 66 days. There's a structured program online with about 10 models with daily accountability in a safe space with group of women that is driven and successful women ready to crush their VIP goal and increase their confidence every day. Let me know if you have any questions, but I would like to invite you to join us. The enrollment has started for our session. You can find the information all in the show notes here, but also on my website, zsquarecorner.com. Focus to Master is a program. See you in there. Thank you. Bye. Explore West Africa with us. Explore beautiful West Africa with this square adventure that is traveling with purpose. You want to make an impact with your traveler? Join us. We make it possible for you, our guests, to enjoy and discover three amazing West African destinations, Benin, Togo, Ghana. We offer an upscale experience, a beachfront, four-star and plus resort style accommodation for 10 days. If you're an African-American in search of your African route, or you're passionate or curious about Africa, its culture, history, food, and people, this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. What awaits you? Sightseeing, local markets, festive balls, local food tasting. Go to our website, www.cisquareadventure.com. Africa is just a sign up away from you. The countdown starts now. listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed the conversation and find it inspiring or educational, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues because sharing is caring. And when you up your confidence, your friends will up their confidence too. Leave us a review and also follow our Facebook page, Up Your Confidence. We are growing and excited to continue the conversation. You can always DM or email your host on Instagram at Z Square 4 and Z Square on all other social media, or visit her website at zsquarecorner.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, remain blessed, and up your confidence every day.